0: For coming, this is uh, this is a home, a home for me. I'm from Hackney. I grew up in Hackney. I don't actually get that many opportunities to, to read in Hatney to a home audience, so this feels this feels good, and also to have such prestigious uh, companions and speakers and uh, incredible. Um, and also to, following on from the talk about being um, differently abled, I like that use of language when we talk about um, disability and differently being differently abled and then um, what we just heard about depression Uh, and I was shown a statistic recently that um, people who are born deaf in the UK are three times more likely to experience depression, suicidal thoughts Um, and so I wrote this book called The Perseverance. Some people who may be familiar with this area might know the pub called The Perseverance. It's at the end of Broadway Market and it's the pub that my dad used to drink in. And I was quite close with my dad and he passed away a number of years ago. And I realized that I had to get away from any environment that I was familiar with. So I went to this place that some people here may know, called Barcelona. Show of hands, Barcelona. Yeah, wicked, all right. Big up the Barcelona crew. Um, So I went to um, this place, Gaudí's Cathedral. Okay, and, I, and I'm obsessed with audio guides, so I'm in Gaudi's cathedral and I'm doing the audio guide. And um, if you've been in there, you'll know that the each section of the, of the church is numbered and you stand by the number and you press the button. And in one of the sections of the church, you're asked by the audio guide to look up into the ceiling and shout and sing and be vigilant of how sound moves in that space, because Gaudi intended for that, how you experience sound in that space, to be an elevation of sound, to be how angels experience sound. And I'm having this experience artificially through two hearing aids and a a headphones, Bluetooth, which are connected to the hearing aids, and I'm wondering, are we, am I, are deaf people included in that elevation of sound? And that's pretty much the question that runs through the entire book uh, that I've written. Um, this This is the opening from the book, it's called Echo. My ear amps whistle as if singing to echo, goddess of noise, the raveled knot of tongues, of blaring birds, consonant crumbs, of dull doorbells, sounds swamped in my misty hearing aid tubes. Gaudi believed in holy sound and built a cathedral to contain it, pulling hearing men from from their knees as though deafness was a kind of atheism. Who would turn down God? Even though I have not heard the golden decibel of angels, I have been living in a noiseless palace where the doorbell is pulsating light, and I am able to answer. What? A word that keeps looking in mirrors, in love with its own volume. What? I am a one-word question, a one-man patience test. What? What language would we speak without ears? What is paradise, a world where I hear everything? What? How will my brain know what to hold if we have too many arms? The day I clear out my dead father's flat, I throw away boxes of molding LPs. Garvey, Malcolm X, Mandela, speeches on vinyl. I find a TDK cassette tape on the shelf, the smudged green label reads, Raymond, speaking. I play the tape in his vintage cassette player and hear my two-year-old voice chanting my name, Antrob, and Dad's laughter crackling in the background, not knowing I couldn't hear the word bus and wouldn't until I got my hearing aids. Now I sit here, listening to the space of deafness, Antrob, Antrob. And, and if you don't catch nothing, then something wrong with your ears. We've been tuned to the wrong frequency. Miller. So maybe I belong to the universe underwater, where all songs are smeared wailings for Salesia, goddess of salt water, healer of infected ears, which is what the doctor thought I had since deafness did not run in the family, but came from nowhere. So they syringed olive oil and salt water, and we all waited to see what would come out and no one knew what I was missing, until a doctor gave me a handful of Lego and said to put a brick on the table every time I heard a sound. After the test, I still held enough bricks in my hand to build a house and call it my sanctuary, call it the reason I sat in saintly silence during my grandfather's sermons where he preached the good news I only heard as Babylon's babbling echoes. Thank you. So I just want to say, I know I know. there's a lot of people here who are, who are high consciousness um, and don't give a shit about the royal family. I usually don't, but I think that this, this, this baby is interesting. This mixed-race baby is interesting. I was just saying to Paul Mason, I, I really want to know in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I really want to know what this boy, this young man, what was going to grow up, and I would love to ask him what do you think of reparations? I cannot wait to have that discussion with this, with this royal yet, you know. Anyway, um, this, oh wow, I got an applause, amazing. Um, so I, I grew up, like, my, you know, between Jamaica and England, and. Um, And I think it's absurd. I've always thought it's absurd, the way that people attach themselves to one idea of themselves. So uh, I thought we could do something uh, together, this poem. Um, When I do this, can you just say uh, the B word? Uh, And the B word is not Brexit. The B word is British, okay? So however you feel about Britishness, just put it into how you say the word back to me, okay? So one, two, three. Interesting. Some people would deny that I'm Jamaican Nose, anglo, hair, straight, no way I'm Jamaican They think I say I'm black when I say I'm Jamaican But the English kids at school made me choose Jamaican Half-caste, half-mule, half-slave Jamaican Light-skinned, straight, male, privileged Jamaican Eat the callaloo, jerk chicken, I'm Jamaican. British don't know how to serve our dishes, they enslaved us. At school, I fought a boy in the lunch hall, Jamaican. At home, I told dad that I hate them. All them Jamaicans, I'm... He laughed, told me, you cannot love sugar, then hate your sweetness. Then took me straight to Jamaica, passport. Cousins in Kingston called me Jar English, proud to have someone in their family. Plantation Lineage World War Service, how do I serve Jamaican, when knowing how to war is Jamaican? Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I spent a lot of time um, in the last couple of years going into deaf schools. Um, I went to a deaf school uh, called Blanche Neville, and um, I was born deaf. It wasn't discovered until much later. I was very slow to read uh, and to write. And um, Gina spoke about the importance of um, having a, a, a parent who's really going to champion special educational needs. My mom's here. Big up my mom's right there. She, she championed me. <clears throat> and she got me the support I needed um, to be able to be. <laughs> so, um, so I was in the States... Uh, recently, and I came across this story, and it was about a man called Daniel Harris, and Daniel Harris um, lost, lost his life, and um, in, 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 a, in a way that I thought was beyond, a, there was just so much to be said about this particular story, it was 300 words long, it was on the CNN website, um, and every time I'm in the States, I try to learn some American Sign Language. So British Sign Language, American Sign Language, every country around the world has its own sign language. And um, this word that I picked up in American Sign Language on this particular day was the word for alive. So in British Sign Language, live alive, right? Um, but in American Sign Language, it's this, it's, it's this, alive, alive. And I love this sign. And um, I managed to find a, a use for it in this poem. This poem is called Two Guns in the Sky for Daniel Harris. When Daniel Harris stepped out of his car, the police officer was waiting, gun raised. I use the past tense, though this is irrelevant in Daniel's language, which is sign. Sign has no future or past tense. It is a present language. You are never more present than when a gun is pointed at you. What language says this if not sign? But the police officer saw hands waving in the air, fired, and Daniel dropped his hands, his chest bleeding out to the concrete meters from his home. And I'm in New York coffee house reading this news on my phone when a black police woman walks in, two guns on her hips, my friend next to me reading the comment section, Black Lives Matter. Now what could we sign or say out loud? And the last word I learned in American Sign Language was alive, alive, both thumbs pointing at your lower abdominal, index fingers pointing up like two guns in the sky. Who here has really powerful memories of being read to as a child by show of hands that's that's interesting that's inter- that's like most of you um who here reads to i don't know a young person on a regular basis and that's, there's a quite a few of you um i i love children's books i love picture books i still read them and i have these memories of being read to as a child this book called happy birthday moon There may be some people here that know of it, but it's about this bear who lives out in the the mountains, and every night he goes up to the top of the mountain and he looks up at the moon, and he says, Hello. And the voice echoes back round to him, and the bear, through the echo, thinks that it's the moon saying hello back to him. And he goes, Wow the moon can say hello. And one day on the bear's birthday, he stands up on the mountains and he says, it's my birthday! And the voice comes back round through the mountains and back to the bear, and he hears, it's my birthday! And the bear says, wow! Me and the moon have the same birthday. <laughs> I love this story. And, um, and I wrote a, a, a poem about this story because um, it, it's, it's written with the intention of being said out loud and reading to your, to your young people. And I'm um, I'm, I'm deaf at this point, and my, uh, my parents don't know this. So I would, like, lie on my dad's chest, and because he had this really deep voice, I would just he feel this story vibrate through me, and, uh, and this, this, this poem carries that vibration. Happy birthday, moon. Dad reads aloud. I follow his finger across the page. Sometimes his finger moves past words tracing white space. He makes the moon say something new every night to his deaf son who slurs his speech. Sometimes his finger moves past words tracing white space. Tonight he gives the moon my name but I can't say it. His deaf son who slurs his speech. Dad taps the page says try again. Tonight he gives the moon my name but I can't say it. I say nan Akobok." He laughs. Dad pats Taps the page, says, try again. But I like making him laugh. I say my mistake again. I say, "Raynan Ackerbock. He laughs, says, Raymond, you're something else. I like making him laugh. I say my mistake again. Rainan Ackerbock. What else will help us? He says, Raymond, you're something else. I'd like to be the moon, the bear, even the rain. Raynan Ackerbock. What else will help us hear each other, really hear each other? I'd like to be the moon, the bear, even the rain. Dad makes the moon say something new every night, and we hear each other, really hear each other. As Dad reads aloud, I follow his finger across the page. Thank you so much. This is my last poem. And it's a letter to the hearing world. Two years ago, I went back to uh, my school that I'd gone to, a deaf school in Highgate, and um, I wanted to find out if deaf people in the UK and around London are still facing similar issues, similar barriers to what... I'd gone through, but again, luckily I had the privilege of having a parent who fought for me, who got me speech therapy, hearing therapy, uh, who got me like, access to some of the most powerful hearing aid technology, and uh, in the last few years, there's been over four million pounds of, of cuts to special educational needs, and it's a fuckery, it's a fuckery, because there are more uh, people being born deaf now, it's, it's, it's madness. There's so many people with need that don't have it, so um, this is my letter. From that, thank you so much for listening. This has been an honor. (laughs) Dear hearing world, I've left Earth in search of sounder orbits. A solar system where the space between a star and a planet isn't empty. I've left a white beard of noise in my place and many of you won't know the difference. We are indeed the same volume. All of us eventually fade. I have left earth in search of an audible God. I do not trust the sound of yours. You would not recognize my grandmother's hallelujah if she had to sign it. You would have made her sit on her hands and put a ruler in her mouth as if measuring her distance from holy. Take your God back. Though his songs are beautiful, they are not loud enough. I want the fate of Lazarus for every deaf school you've closed. Every deaf child whose confidence has gone to a silent grave. Every BSL user who has seen the annihilation of their language. I want these ghosts to haunt your tongue-tied hands. I have left earth. I am equal parts sick of your oh. I'm hard of hearing too. Just because you've been on an airplane or suffered head cold your voice has always been the loudest sound in a room I call you out for refusing to acknowledge sign language in classrooms for assessing deaf students and what they can't say instead of what they can they did not ask to be part of the hearing world I can't hear my joints crack but I can feel feel them. I'm sick of sounding out your rules. You tell me I breathe too loud, and it's rude to make noise when I eat. Sent me to speech therapist. Said I was speaking a language of holes. I was pronouncing what I heard, but your judgment made all my syllables disappear. Your magic master trick hearing world, drowning out the quiet, bursting all speech bubbles in my graphic childhood. You were glad to benefit from audio supremacy. I tried hearing people. I tried to love you, but you laughed at my deaf grammar. I used commas, not full stops, because everything I said kept running away. I moored over long paragraphs because I didn't know what a natural break sounded like. You were raised, what could have always been poetry. You were raised, what could have always been poetry. Taught me I was inferior to standard English expression. I was a broken speaker. You were never a broken interpreter. Taught me my speech was dry for someone who just sound like they're underwater. And it took years to talk with a straight spine and mute red marks from the coursework you assigned. Death. Voices go missing, like sound in space. And I've left earth to find them.